Let's buy guns, let's buy guns, and if they try to take them, we'll say kablammo, we'll buy ammo and have fun. Hey, it's 1942, and we're singing the pro-gun song over here at the Loftus Party. Let's buy guns, let's buy guns, and don't forget that ammo. I am in a horrible mood. I'm desperately trying to get happy, and usually singing does it. So I, I've invented the Let's Buy Guns song. I'm encouraging everyone to buy guns. It'll be as big a hit as Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia, Russia. We had a lot of mileage out of that. We did. Hey, <laughs> b- before before we get started, we did, and, and so are they. Yeah, I know. This no is a kidding, very right? special episode. Uh, we got the Liberty Gimlet, and we got, I think, uh, broadcasting live from uh, Queens, we got Ryan James Gerdusky. How are you, Michael? I'm okay. I'm I'm in the California sunshine, man. This is technology at its finest. Now we're this is going to be a weird show because we're going to talk a lot about the uh, the run for our lives, which <laughs> that's what I'm calling it now because that's how bad it is. That's the level of desperation. It shouldn't be the march for our lives. It should be the run for your lives. So, Ryan, I understand you've got you still have the website going, right? I do. You know why, though, is my problem, and it's the problem of a lot of conservative websites. Facebook just killed us. Facebook literally killed us, where we have several hundred people uh, who are who are members and I, who are who are followers, and only maybe a dozen at a time can see any content we put up. And that's the truth. I, I spoke to somebody over at the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's website. That's a problem oh, there. Okay, having. hold on. Your your website is is the Daily yeah, Gun Story, true. right? So you can go on there and you can see all of our stuff and, and all stories of people whose lives have been saved by legal gun ownership. But um, we're not doing it as much simply because we can't get our message out there anymore. Social media has just stopped us dead in our tracks. So the co- some stories are still up there and they're frozen up there. So you could see all the old stories, certainly in the last few months. But we haven't published any probably in a week or two just simply because – um, we're trying to figure out an alternative besides social media to get our news out there. Even Reddit has buckled down on stories. So social media is just, I mean, killing us right now. And it's killing everyone on the right. It's not just my little blog. It is multiple conservative websites are suffering from. I mean, and it's not my favorite website either, but Gateway Pundit, I think they are, their readership's down like 40 or 50 percent. It, it, well, that's why that's why this is a comedy show. This is why <laughs> this is just straight up comedy. The loftusparty.com is just straight up comedy. Just we, we do comedy, we do video games, we do movie reviews, and occasionally we dip into politics. And by occasionally, I mean this podcast every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but that is yeah, that is what's killing us and killing a lot of conservative websites is just uh, you know the stifling of Silicon Valley, and you know it's bad. I mean, they have to find some version. Either a right winger has to make a great, great uh, you know social media platform that just allows free expression all the time or um you know or we so i can curse on this right a little bit someone wrote on yeah. twitter and someone wrote on twitter once which was like the funniest thing in the world he's like when twitter started i could teach everyone how to cook meth now i'll get off tw- now i get kicked off twitter if i call a fat bitch a fat bitch and i'm <laughs> like that is the most brilliant thing that's ever been said on this website but that's I- I saw someone on Twitter the other day, and I thought it was hilarious. They're like, I can't even call someone a bag full of dicks anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And what is this world coming to when you can't call someone a bag full of dicks? There are those people out there. There are. There are. (laughs) It's so – well, that's – But enough about Bill Mitchell. Let's go on. Hey, hey. Hey. We talk about the the Twitter a lot. We talk about the the Facebook a, a lot. We talk about the Google and it's it's really uh, I don't know I don't I don't want to be gloom and doom. I woke up, uh, took a look at the news, blah blah blah. T- just it's 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 been a very very gloomy week, a very very gloomy week. And I don't want to be the angry fish fist shaking, the clenched fist of truth. I don't want to be that guy. I want to have fun. I want to have some laughs. Uh, but it it gets it gets so depressing when you think about like if if Google like just turns the off switch then you don't exist. If Facebook turns the off switch, you don't exist. Twitter turns, it's, I don't like being at anyone's mercy like that. So that's what, I mean, that's why, uh, I'm not even kidding, the Loftus Party, and we do, uh, 
I just reviewed a video game uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I, no, I discovered and, an awesome game. Yeah, that is that is important to talk about things outside of just straight politics. I think all, everyone on the right should talk. There's a fashion writer now at Breitbart. I think that's really important to have things outside politics for everything. But I will recommend, if anyone ever reads Esquire, which once in a while they do have brilliant stories, a lot of it's crap, but some of it's really, really good. They have a uh, great story about Silicon Valley in the last month's issue of Esquire. It is brilliant. It is why Google, Amazon, Facebook, um, and one other one of them how they are completely manipulating the the what, what's going on in America, how they manipulate the news you see, how they don't pay taxes, how they yeah. mistreat workers. It, it was a brilliant, 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 brilliant story. And I just think that they're, we're, conservatives are going to have to get to the place where they need the government to really step in. I know we're all against anyone intervening in the free market, but they could dominate – that marketplace so heavily those excuse me those four companies dominate so heavily that i just think they're gonna have to put up anti uh, anti antitrust laws uh, not well, antitrust laws, rather, you, uh, anti you bring up a, a a very good point and i, and I wanted to talk about this because this goes right this goes right into the heart of the matter which is the uh run for your lives march uh yesterday the women's march with it, which they've had a couple of and I, I think that the the people who lean to the right, libertarians, conservatives, everyone is completely unaware of is like this huge – and it, Russia, 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 Hitler, 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 and now it's Cambridge Analytica, Cambridge and, – and all of it. it. It has worked. The, the left, it's like every single day the, the drumbeat is going. The drumbeat is going. Crime, 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 horrible, 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 Russia, 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 crime, 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 Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. And there's it's now baked in to our culture and our society. They, the people on the right don't realize just this huge uh, grassroots movement. It, it looks – I'm using air quotes around grassroots uh, – that the, that the left has for the right. I mean the, they have – that I think it feels to me like the population of America is genuinely concerned with if we don't vote for a liberal, we're all going to die. They, they, they've got it at that point now. It is that level of hysteria. Right. I just think that my opinion is, is that they you I mean, there are not that there one. I'll say two things. One, one mass sh shooting is one mass shooting too many yet and still. Mass shootings are a minority of a minority of a minority of gun deaths. Gun deaths are a minority of all homicides in this country, and um, and that number has been declining. So while things have generally gotten better and better and better, we have been focusing on um, these outliers as a way to craft policy. And the problem is, is these maniacs who do these mass shootings target schools and they target children for one, because a lot of them have mental issues, like real mental issues, psychiatric mental issues. And the other is to make a name for themselves. They'll go down as being famous. This is their way of living forever in infamy because they are targeting children. And this is their way of becoming, you know, I guess pseudo celebrities in their mind. I'm not really sure, but they are. There are horrible ways to craft policy around these very small events that you can't really discuss, and what we're, we can't really, you know, craft policies, policies around. And something else we were just talking about before this is no one's mentioning the Las Vegas shooting anymore. It's very odd. It's very ironic. No one talks about that. There seems to be no motive, no political motive, especially by this guy. Doesn't seem to be very political. And there is no gun law on the books that would have stopped him. Nothing. Correct. And it's and, very and like like your your response is like to me like in, encapsulates the entire problem. You can come at you can come at this with facts. Like you can come at it with facts. You can come at it with facts because the facts are on the side of the Second Amendment. The facts are on the side of the NRA. The facts are on the side of law-abiding citizens with guns. But they don't. You don't hear from them. Right. Or like or, you have your website is the, the Daily Gun Story. Hey, here's a, here's a story about a, a good guy with a gun who saved people. And like right. Facebook is like, nah, not so much guy. Google's well, like, mm -mm, not so shooting, much. That school shooting in Maryland that happened literally right afterwards where it was a good guy with a gun who stopped 
a crazed shooter who killed one girl, but he tried to kill a lot more than just one girl, and it's sad that she passed away. But at the same time, think of the tragedy that would have unfolded had he been able to run amok, and there would have been nobody with a gun to stop him. Precisely. Now that story gets zero traction. Well, but so it got tons of traction until they figured out there was a good guy with the gun. It was like breaking, 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 then shh. Yeah, oh, that's, it that's how it always goes. It's like <laughs> it's like when someone blows themselves up. They're like, some guy blew himself up, and then they find out that he was screaming "Allah Allah Akbar," and, and they're like, okay, it go, just goes away. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a battle for the hearts and minds. Well, it's a battle it, for the hearts and minds, and I I want to know how do we break through. Well, I think Ryan made a great point, right? We're not talking. You're you're so awesome. I just need to tell you that. (laughs) Look at that face. Oh, my goodness. Um, The Las Vegas shooter, not a single law would have prevented. You couldn't have created a law that would prevented that shooter from getting a gun other than banning guns. (laughs) Seriously, he was an adult with no criminal history, no mental history, et cetera, et cetera. So you fa- you've already fallen into the trap. You've already fallen no, into the trap. No, but this one was perfect. I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate. So you're okay with those people getting, being killed? No, I'm making the political point here for just a second. I'm not okay with those people being killed. But I'm not okay with people being killed every weekend in Chicago either, and you never hear about that. Because it's not it's not emotional, and it's not... It's not horrific, but the reason they, the reason the left poured money behind this kid, poured money behind this march, is because there absolutely was a law that could be passed, and the law that needed to be passed is you have to be 21 to buy a gun, because this kid was 19. Well, oh, no, I, I think, I think it's way more based way. than that. I think it's way more based than that. I, 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 I think they poured money into, into, this, into this shooting because it's kids. Because it's like, ooh, these teenagers, and I, I love that. I love how the, the it's it's total Hollywood. It's like, oh my gosh, these young teenagers, these idealistic young dreamers, they think they can change the world, and by golly, we're behind them. Meanwhile, right. you've got Debbie Washerman Schultz, you've got the march, the women's march pouring money, the DNC pouring money, celebrities pouring money. Like, listen, there's Poor no way a handful of 16 years old kids know how to organize a march of this scope. They don't know what to do with all these kind of. So it's like it's just. It's hilarious but terrifying to watch. Like, oh, my gosh, look at these kids go. And by the way, all those kids at that march yesterday were protected by armed security, which is just perfect. I mean, and they should have been because they're controversial. But, I mean, you have that that young woman with the shaved head. I don't remember her name. She's on standard. I know her name. But she's a very passionate speaker. The boys are are brain dead. David Hogg. I mean, he was one, he's one of the world's stupidest people I've ever seen speak publicly. But she's a very that girl especially is a very very passionate speaker, and you could hear it in her voice. And I saw some clips of yesterday, and she's you know she gave her six minutes of silence, um, and she was crying. And it was it was really 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 powerful. I'm not saying she's the most profound thinker in the world. I'm not saying she holds her own in debate of ideas. But because she is young and she is passionate and she speaks with, uh, you know, fire in her voice, people want to listen to her. And that gives them a hero to sit there and do. But this is what the left has always done. Do you remember Cindy Sheehan? Yes. Anyone remember Cindy Sheehan, the mother who lost her son in the Iraq mm-hmm. war, who was the face of the Democratic Party for four years until she challenged Nancy Pelosi? And then no one ever saw her ever again. She passed away, I think, last year. But uh, remember the Jersey Girls? They went after Bush. They were their husbands died in nine eleven. The left- no, but I saw. I remember the Jersey Boys. That was a great show. <laughs> Pretty good movie. The Jersey Girls were a bunch of women, uh, female. Uh, uh, their husbands were firefighters. They died nine eleven, and they cut campaign ads for John Kerry about how their husbands should have been protected by George W. Bush in two thousand and four. Uh, there was Cindy Sheehan. The left always takes victims and throws them in your face. That well, you can't respond to them. You can't talk to exactly. them. They are victims. And that's why we're not happy. But there is a survivor from um, from the Parkland shooting. Uh, date, um, my, Kyle. What? Kyle. 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 Yeah. And it's amazing how he's not included in anything. Well, and Richard He's Petty. not good for the show. It's Richard You Petty. guys, you guys, it's all a show. It's it is. all a show. It's all a giant propaganda machine. Oh, it's totally. And and so I'm interested in, and I'm going to do everything I can, and I'm making a bunch of calls this week, and I'm putting feelers out this week. I, I, I just don't know 
when when is the right going to start being interested in winning this? It, it, it's it, we we keep uh, dressing ourselves up, and this is going to sound so hokey and lame, but like yet yeah, the facts are on our side. We have the facts. What we don't have is the propaganda machine. And this is like a, a, a desperate plea on my behalf to, to the people who listen. Uh, it's like, if you know a, a conservative with money, like stop doing this subscription service crap. Like uh, Mark Levin and Steven Crowder and uh, Michelle Malkin, they did that CRTV. And if you want to watch, you have to pay money. That's like now you're charging for the echo chamber. It's it's ridiculous. The Blaze did it, and they're going down in a in a blaze of like someone. We we gotta. It's like one thing to fire up the Tea Party and get people marching in grassroots, but like somebody has to fire up the, the cash machine and and start like just broadcasting for free, like for free on television. On you, uh, like I Prager, God bless Prager. You, they're trying to do it, and they're getting shut down. But at least they have the money to fight back. Well, I think what's well, really interesting was the most in, most recent Nielsen ratings. Did you see those? The most watched no. things on television are political shows. So you're not watching the out and out entertainment shows. You're no longer watching maybe the major networks to be entertained. Maybe you go get your entertainment from Netflix, but as far as what is measured, Fox and Rachel Maddow have like the top shows for the week, period. Well, right. I, will say, I will say one thing. The problem with the right, and this is something I encountered time and time again throughout my life, as being somebody who is somewhat creative, I give myself you know a hand once in a while, I am somewhat creative, and I've done comedy, not just that, but when you sit there and you go up to a conservative with a suit and they sit and talk to a bunch of suits and you sit there and say, I have an idea. We can make the facts funny and we can make them engaging and we can make them passionate. They look at you like you're insane and they sit there and they say, well, William F. Buckley didn't do it like that. So I don't know what you're talking about. Or they sit there. There's such a fear and such a um, closed environment because it's never been tried before and they don't understand it. So many conservative people who do control a lot of purse strings and conservative ink are not creative people. They don't know creative people and they're not and they're not they don't live in that world. It's just true. I'm just telling you the fact. They no, I'm I'm into it. I'm into it and I want to tell you about a bit I'm working on. And I've been holding off on doing it. Like with with uh you, you talk to a liberal and you're like, here here's the problem, man. The the problem is we're losing the rainforest. And they're like, Yeah, what can we do about that, man? Do you need some money? Like, let's 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 save this stuff. What are what do you do? What are we doing? That's what happens when you talk to a liberal. When you talk to a conservative, uh, you're like, hey man. Uh, the problem is here with propaganda. Conservatives like, no, here's what's really going on. <laughs> like, the, the conservative always wants to be the smartest person in the room, and they'll be like, no, here's what's really going on. In 1952, and you just roll your eyes and just walk away. It's like, stop, stop trying to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, I think, listen. I think and, I think November is going to be an absolute blue wave, and, and the an problem, absolute and a, blue tidal wave. And a problem we have a lot of times is we fall for people. I mean, right wingers fall for people who tell them what they want to hear, and they have absolutely zero brains between their heads. I know some. I mean, I, I don't want to name names and ruin every relationship I have in my life, but there are certainly enough people where the only philosopher, and I use air quotes when I say that word, that they've ever heard of is Stephen Molyneux, where they don't know how, where they have principles but have nothing to back it up on. You know, I'm supposed to be giving a speech. No, no. Here's what's really going on. Here's what's real. <laughs> no, See what I did there? But they don't, I mean, I know so many people that I know who go on cable news. I've said this on the, I was on, I was on um, Dr. Drew show the other day and I said, listen, just because you've seen someone on television does not make them smart, knowledgeable, or good at their jobs. So please stop believing that. I mean, it's a lot of times older people who believe than younger people. But um, this idea of just believing anyone who's been on Fox News, and I'm saying that as somebody who's been on Fox News a lot. Um, you're doing you're doing a lot of name dropping there, dude. You're, you're, you've already you did you did really Dr. Drew and Fox News names and ruin everybody because I like them as people, but. 
They're morons. They've never read a book in their life. They have no idea why they believe what they believe. And they are doing it because they don't think people want to hear them say this. And therefore, they can get 50 to 100,000 Twitter followers and get a radio show or get on television or get in, get in with the Trump family. And there are so many people like that. I can't even tell you. It drives me insane. I was reading up. I told you about this book, about the book about the fall of, of Rome. And literally, somebody who's on Fox every single solitary day who's in with the Trump family goes, why would you bother reading a book about the fall of Rome? And I said, because I'm interested in it. And, he, and, and she said, um, she said, well, who cares about any of that stuff? And I said, what books are you reading? And she was like, I don't read books. And those are the people that we listen to on national television. Those are the people who advise the president. And it's this cult of celebrity on the right, these pseudo-celebrities, who have literally nothing between the ears, but they've been on television, and therefore people believe them, and they become a spokesman. And I'm not going to sit there and run my mouth with everyone's name, but they are out there, and it is— You are fired up. It drives I'm, me crazy. I'm laughing Somebody because... who reads and somebody who sits there and constantly says, I need to learn how to defend every argument. So I was in a debate with a liberal about guns, and I, I'm, I've only shot one gun. I've only shot guns once in my entire life, but I am very pro your right for freedom, even though it's not something that I exercise. And I sat there and said, on the pro side, well, if you can have guns, why can't you have a nuclear bomb? And I argue that opinion in my—because a liberal threw, threw that at me. And I argue that in my mind six months until I absolutely had a perfect answer in my head. And then the question was to a liberal— well, if you, you no one needs no one in theory needs a gun that shoots a hundred bullets. No one really does. But also, no one needs a car that goes 180 miles an hour. No one needs a car that goes 90 miles an hour. You in this country will never drive 90 miles an hour anywhere legally. So you should be stripped of that right to drive a car that goes more than 70 miles an hour. That's a great point, dude. Way to go. I'm it not kidding. Not, but it's not a question of do you have do you need this? It is not a question of need. It's a question of freedom. Do you have the freedom and the freedom to be responsible enough to drive a car that goes 200 miles an hour? Should you have the freedom and the responsibility and they and the morals and they all go together to have a gun that goes uh, that shoots 100 bullets? You shouldn't want to ever use it, but you should always have the freedom because it is a principle that this country was founded on. Either what was the response? What was the response? What are they say when you threw that out there? Uh, they they sat there with their mouth open until they, uh, they changed the subject matter and said, you, you obviously don't care about it. But that uh, Gavin McGinnis once told me this, and it's absolutely true. When you throw facts at somebody that, that is a counter to their own opinion, they become more entrenched in their opinion, even though it's wrong. Rather than, it is a very, as a former liberal and as a recovering liberal, it is very hard when you are acknowledged with the fact that you don't know everything. And I was a liberal when I was 17 years old. I kind of understand what a lot of these kids are going through. But when you realize that everything that you believe is not necessarily true, it's a very long, hard process to come out of that. And the so only how do you, how do you change minds? How do you well, change minds? The only thing is, is that you have to sit there and stand on, you have to have some unwavering principles. So when I was a kid, I believed in two two things, and I still believe them today. One, you should never fight unjust wars. You shouldn't go around the world policing the world and that the Iraq war was a gigantic mistake. I know you don't agree with me, but I believe that. And the secondly is mass immigration is bad. I believed those two things, and I still do today, even as a young person. And because Bush was for the war, I was a Democrat. And in 08, I had to go find a candidate to vote for president, and it was Ron Paul. And it opened the floodgates, and I saw a whole new world that I had never been exposed to and realized I didn't know all that much. And it took my own, you know, faith and politics as a journey. It's not a guilt trip. You can't guilt somebody into it, but you have to open them into the door and sit there and say, look, this is the magical world of all these really, really, really smart people that you've never even heard of. I have a, like a 17-year-old cousin who's a liberal, and she drives me crazy because she reads the stupidest books. And I said, here's a book by Camille Paglia. She's a liberal. She's a liberal feminist lesbian, but she's a genius. So just read her. And she's not going to believe what you believe when you read in Elle magazine about liberal, about, about feminism and sex and gender. But she's a genius, and you should read her. At least if you're going to be a liberal, be a smart liberal and have actually something to stand on. But it's, it takes – and that's what Ron Paul – when Ron Paul spoke, and I was like, wow, I believe in that. And he said – and then he told other things that I didn't really believe in but I didn't really understand. And I started moving in my own, and I, I had to spend a weekend – I spent a week-long trip with my family in North Carolina. So, so hold up, hold up, hold up. So that's your journey. Yes. That's, that's, that's your journey. And right. once again, you, you've wrapped yourselves up in facts, which is wonderful. Like I keep, I, I can't say this enough. The, the facts are on our side. There's a, a, a great 
article out today about this uh, David Berg, Iowa Hawk blog dude, wrote this article about this farmer uh, in Iowa who probably, because of his inventions and his masterful farming and wheat, he saved billions of lives by saving people from starvation. Nobody knows the guy's name. Nobody. Right. I mean, Iowa Hawk blood. So we're, we're it's, it's it about took, feelings, man. It's about right. feelings. How do we it get took, people to, to, how do we get people to feel? Because this, took, this, this, this right. is what the liberals have. Can I just, it took, I, I know the exact moment when Ron Paul was on the debate stage with Rudy Giuliani and started owning him on the Iraq war. I said, I will follow this man to the gates of hell. And he opened a lot of ideas open to me. It takes that kind of person who stands there very principled on one thing that they sit there and say, wow, I can open my eyes to this or I can I can understand this. And it says, well, if you can understand this, look into all these things. If your general principle is something is bad, well, then shouldn't it be bad for everything? And those kinds of conversations, one, they don't happen. And two, we don't have the inspirational, really knowledgeable people on the right. I mean, we do, but they're not the famous ones to open those conversations. We have, you know... You know, we're still recycling a lot of the same people from the 1990s. If I see Newt Gingrich on television anymore, I'm going to throw myself out a window. You know, it's just these are people. Well, you know what Newt has? And I'll, and I'll just. An agent. Just to, he has an agent. Uh, and he has he has the the kind of personality that's good for television. Newt gets sure. ratings. Sure. And that's why that's why you see him over and over and over again. And I, I for one, I'm like, well, thank goodness for Newt. I, I really do. Because I, I'm not saying he's a dumb man, but I'm saying I'm not saying he's a dumb man at all. I'm saying we need another new face, though. It can't be this. It can't be the uh, fuck. I'm going to ruin myself because I'm going to sit there and bash somebody. It can't just be the same people who either worked on the Trump campaign or worked for the Bush administration on television anymore. There has to be somebody with a brain. Ben Shapiro. I find him absolutely annoying as possible. He's got a voice that couldn't, you know, that could make nuns want to go on a killing spree. But. He's brilliant. And what he opened the door for young conservatives, and I give him a tremendous amount of credit, he has a young conservative fan base that is something to be inspiring. It's something to inspire people. Well, that's the, that's the heartbreak. That's the heartbreak about Milo. Yes, it is. Because you're like, okay, finally, someone who's like cool. And, and yeah. that's make that's gonna make me sound old, but like <laughs> He was he was fabulous. He was fun. He was outspoken. He could back it up with facts. And uh, uh, people on the right, uh, it, they're they're so eager to throw that uh, dude under the bus. But I, I, I for one, I, I thought his Twitter was hilarious. It was. This dude it was, was hilarious and charismatic and, I, and all of that. I, I missed that dude. So but when I met Milo, how I knew who Milo was, and I used to work for him, so I know him pretty well. But the first tweet I ever saw him. <laughs> ever do was this one woman was like you're just a 33 year old like stupid asshole da 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 da, da conservative right-wing fascist nazi da, 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 da. and he replied back i'm 31 you c-word offensive was he got his age wrong and i was like i love you i don't even know you but i love you he's fantastic it it is it's it's a it's we're fighting. It's it, people always talk about bringing a knife to a gunfight, and that's what I feel like uh, the conservatives uh, are doing with this whole political thing. Uh, like, they're, they're, it's a giant propaganda war. It's a giant propaganda war. And when we first start to get uh, good at the propaganda, then they start shutting us down. Like I love, I still love, and this is like when I first really started doing this show uh, and the TV show and everything else, it's like at least the people on the alt-right were making like dance videos and music videos. And it was like hilariously funny. And as soon as, as soon as the people on the, uh, on the uh, alternative right started getting good at that, they were branded Nazis. They were branded uh, white supremacists and everything else. And, and then we, uh, if, if we're supposed to be, uh, quote unquote, good conservatives had to turn our backs on them. Like I know now I won't I won't retweet anything that has that little uh, frog logo on it. They've demonized that. So now uh, there's a huge vacuum where all that all that fun and funny stuff used to be. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, and now, and now, like to be a to be a good conservative, you're supposed to hate Trump. You know, oh, I'm I'm a smart conservative. I'm I'm a smart. Like there's the the vitriol that I see coming out of uh, the never Trumpers still. Like well, the, the Bill I, Crystals of the world, it's it's horrible. Like that's just bitterness, seriously, because they didn't win number one. But I didn't even hate Barack Obama. <laughs> I mean, the idea that you're supposed to invest that much emotion in your politicians, I think, is a part of the problem. And B, if you look at most conservative outlets, they're very angry and very WWE style. If you look at the other side, they rarely yell. Their blood pressure doesn't go up. They smile. They joke around. You you rarely – like the five is maybe the only place you see that on Fox. Anymore, yeah. Anymore. Well, I mean if, if, you, if you look at uh, Rachel Maddow, if you look at uh, – uh, Chris Matthews. If you watch it, oh, who's the 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 Stephanie Rule? If you watch MSNBC, it, it you you guys and I. This is another joke that I've been doing in in my stand up or another premise. Uh, it's like it is. That's the end of the world station. If you watch <laughs> if you watch CNN or MSNBC, they have the base, their base, absolutely terrified, and it's working. And that's how we started the show, and now we've come full circle. It is a constant drumbeat of if we don't do something, we're all going to die. And now with the the run for your life uh, march, they they literally they they literally have the nation going. If we don't do something, we're all going to die. If we don't if we don't pass laws, we're all going to get shot. If we don't pass laws, uh, the Russians are going to own our uh, elections and they're going to kill us all with poison or do like little that is the level of just total fear and you know i don't think the people on the right realize how big of a problem it is some like yeah. someone has to really sound the alarm bells now and with this uh omnibus spending bill Ugh. trump did himself uh, like zero favors like and and I did a video about it I did a vlog about it and it's getting a lot of comments and views and that's all wonderful and like I haven't stopped supporting uh the president I haven't stopped supporting uh the right but man that omnibus bill and 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 now Ann Coulter everyone's going after Ann Coulter because because of her tweet she's like no he'll never get another chance to to pass a spending bill like this cuz he'll be impeached they make it and these and these people are like oh now Anne's on the side of the left no you douchebag troglodyte neanderthal it's a warning she's it's a clever and funny way of warning and that's what i said in the video too i'm t i totally am on the same side well, like, can, I say, can I just say two things? And I, I, I agree with you. So I'll say two things. One is um, because the March for Your Lives was an echo chamber, it wasn't meant to be a debate. It was much like if you, the gun debate, there's two great parallels. One was that CNN, horrible CNN thing with Marco Rubio, that if I was him, I would have fired my press person immediately after that. And then the second thing was that round table with Trump which was very quiet, and there was people on all sides of the aisle having a conversation. That was really, really fantastic. The Marco Rubio thing was terrible. But the March for Life was an echo chamber supported by corporate America, celebrities, and um, you know the, the organized left. You had Jennifer Hudson. No one remembers this, by the way. I have a crazy memory. Jennifer Hudson, her family was gunned down in Chicago, right? Her mother, yes. her brother, her nephew, all gunned down in Chicago. Who guess who flew her extended family and housed them while they could attend the wake and she could grieve for her um, grief for her mother and brother who took all those expenses and paid all those expenses. Does anyone Donald know? Trump, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump, exactly. Donald Trump paid for Jennifer Hudson's family to be in Chicago. So she, she could grieve for her parents and she's there bashing him over gun control. But there's no one to sit there and make those arguments. There's no one to sit there and have that conversation. And then secondly, and sorry, just brain fart right over here. Secondly, the um, when we do have those moments, we do not take advantage of them. Perfect example. There was a bill in Congress called the right to try. What it did was people who were terminally ill with cancer or may or, or 
MD, horrible things are incurable. Um, Republicans were passing legislation so they could try experimental drugs to possibly relieve themselves of pain or find a miracle cure of their ailments. Democrats in the House representatives, including Nancy Pelosi, killed that bill. Why was we could have had terminally ill children on every television station in the country, and no one took advantage of it. No one took advantage of it. I mean, no one. It is mind-boggling. I was in Washington, D.C., screaming at a congressman, saying, a congressman who had just survived cancer through emergency surgery, I said, why aren't you on television? You got the prognosis of having cancer. You know what that fear is like. Why aren't you on television? And he said, quote, and I'm not joking, I don't have a press person who puts me on television. Well, was, there, I, there you have it. it I mean, we need— call me. But I want to talk about the omnibus for one quick second, because I know you just mentioned it, and I don't want to focus on guns forever. It, there is no question in my mind, the same way the left is right now having a conversation of should Nancy Pelosi still be minority leader or speaker of the House of Democrats win next year, we should be having a question, should anyone in House leadership be in charge next year? Anyone, Steve Scalise, Kevin McCarthy, Paul Ryan, None of them should have an ounce of power after pushing that piece of shit. No. Well, I'm still I'm still holding out uh, for a, a miracle on this. I'm still holding out hope on a miracle. What's the miracle? Uh, but what, do you, what do you mean? What miracle would happen? About uh, about military spending. Oh, it is and, such and the wall. Shit. But but hold on, I just want to say this really quickly. Uh, the, the whole run for your life thing. And all the women's marches uh, stuff, that's all about voter registration. That's not about women's rights. This isn't about guns. And it's all about the base. It's all about the base. Because they're all about the base. And to think it's about, <laughs> we, we can wrap ourselves, but, but that's that's really what I think it is. Uh, so anyway, the, the, the omnibus, the, the omnibus spending, that this... This is a horribly depressing show. I'm holding out the hope. Now, uh, Trump tweeted, and I know— well, What are you holding I out know, for? I'm I, know, sure. I know you I know you've already uh, tweeted about this, uh, Ryan, this morning. Uh, the president tweeted out something because there's like these wacky right-wing sites where like, oh, here's how Trump outwitted everybody. Uh, he can he can take he can take money for the wall from military spending because yeah. this isn't technically a budget because it's not technically a budget. He can take some of that mil and Trump uh, alluded to that this morning in a tweet that he's yeah. like, "Ooh, I can take that money and use it for the wall." And I'm like, "Oh, please do. Oh, please no, no, do." No, no, he can't. He can't. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't. That's what you were saying. So I want to I want to get it back. Doesn't know what he's talking about. The omnibus. One, it makes it illegal. It, it, none of that money can be used to build anything with concrete on our border. All it can be do is for fencing, only on 33 miles. And it cannot do it on any of the 33 miles where mass of the, the, the borders on, on Texas and Arizona where the drugs are coming in. They can't be touched. So he has no idea what he's talking about. He is being lied to left and right. He is literally, he is talking out of his ass. Sorry, Mr. President, but that's the goddamn truth. You are being lied to and manipulated by your staff. President Trump's biggest mistake was this. It would happen before he ever became president of the United States. He outsourced hiring to Mike Pence, Jared and Ivanka, and Rince Priebus. Those are the four people who hired Trump's staffs. They worked against him either intentionally or unintentionally from the moment he became president. They brought in people like Scaramucci, who's very funny and very energetic, and I love him, but he wasn't exactly employee of the year. They brought in um, they brought in uh, Democrats, generals. They brought in Koch brother employees. They brought in the RNC, people who worked against Trump even when he was the nominee of their own freaking party. And now you have people like Mark Short, doing his legislative agenda. Mark Short, who was an open borders advocate for the Koch brothers last year, is in charge of putting forward legislation for Donald Trump. That's why legislation's not happening for Donald Trump. You have um, John Stefano, I believe is his name, whose number one job in certain departments was, and like national, like national security and DHS, was to find the Trump supporters and purge them. Okay, so so we've defined the problem, and you're really good at lists, and you know a lot of people's names. 
I don't However, know why I'm saying that. However, what do, like, so there's, no, you're saying there is no way on God's green earth that Trump can take military money, money for uh, national defense, and use it on a border wall. That's no, just, nothing. it's. No, nothing. There's specific language that says he can't do the things required to build the border wall. He is, he's, he's being lied to by the people around him. And this 70, $700 billion, the reason the military does is not military ready with 700, $660 billion and they need $700 billion is because we are overextended as a nation. We're overextended. We cannot continue what we have been doing. And that is partly why I voted for this president, because he's going to be the smart guy who looks at it and says, maybe we shouldn't be spending, you know, $2 billion building three bathrooms in Afghanistan. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Maybe Sorry, there's a fire. There was a policeman right past that's but, how That's how hot your take is. Your yeah. take on this the is so hot, they sent, a, they sent a ambulance. Yeah, but that is, that is the truth of the matter, is that they are... Um, we are overextended as a nation, and you know what? Maybe, just maybe, we stop throwing money into that. The most true statement Trump ever said was some countries are shitholes. Maybe we stop spending all our money on shithole countries like Afghanistan and pull that money and say, you know what? Michigan needs some love, and how about a border wall? And maybe, you know, we get clean running water in parts of our rural parts of our country, and instead we have to use all our capital and all our money and everything on these shithole places, and Americans have to die in countries like, I don't know, where are they, Niger or, or Kenya, or they're in some random parts of Africa being killed by uh, members of ISIS in these random rogue countries. And, you know, we have senators like Diane Feinstein goes, I didn't know they were in that country. I mean, okay. this is insanity, what we're, what's going on. And that's why, and the Republicans okay. give up every okay. promise Trump had for that, that $700 billion. Okay. So we know it's bad. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> this spending bill gets us through what September? It gets us through. Uh, no, I think it goes further than that because I don't think there'll be another vote until after the election. <laughs> it's, now, this so it's, it's so depressing. It's so depressing. So it's it. This is really, really, really awful. And the one thing that Republicans could have done was given that $600 billion, the same budget, or $640 billion as the budget we had from last year, attached the wall to it, all $20 billion of the wall, and dared Democrats to vote against funding our troops. No. So is this there. like, I have, I have my own theory. I have my own theory. Like uh, Trump's dad uh, kind of kicked him out of the house and said, you're going to military school. So I think Trump has a... Uh, an affection for the military most people don't have, because I think that's where he made like his first like real friends, whatever. But it, it if you just look at it, the the spending bill from first blush, it just seems like, and this is what the feedback I'm getting on on our Facebook page as well too. People are like, oh, the money's for the military, he's keeping us safe. It's for the military, he's keeping us safe. Which seems I, I don't know, incredibly short sighted to me. You can't like, fix stupid. I just we're spending one point eight billion dollars on our border wall with Egypt. We're spent. We're I know, dude, dude. It dri it drives me crazy. I know. It dri it it drives me absolutely bonkers. And I'm trying to I'm really trying to wrap my head around. Okay, well, listen. I'll like, say why the heck he would sign this thing? It seems so. It's just like legit, just straight up stupid. He got. Nothing, unless unless that's all he wanted was military money. No. It seems like that's all he wanted. All I want is military money. No, because this is exactly what happened. When Trump said that tweet, I want to veto it, James Mattis walked into the president's office, had lunch with him, and told him, you need to do this for our troops. And James yes. Mattis said, fine, I'll do it for the troops. And that is why. But what we needed was Trump needed a legislative uh, a, a leader, a person who did the, did the legislature, to fight for him. And Mark Short didn't fight for him. And John DiStefano didn't fight for him. And Paul Ryan openly hates him. Paul Ryan doesn't fight for the Trump agenda. Who in Congress, in any, or in any portion of leadership, besides Tom freaking Cotton, and he's not in leadership, who in leadership fights for the Trump agenda? One ounce. Why didn't Mitch McConnell say, I'm not even proposing a budget until you vote for our ambassador to Germany? We don't have an ambassador to Germany. Trump got one, but we can't appoint him because Democrats are holding it. We can't so appoint I'm gonna go. I'm going to go uh, full on uh, Apollo 13 here. Oh, God. Uh, 
with uh, oh who's who's the guy? He's in Westworld, uh, the actor, and he wore he wore the vest in Apollo thirteen, and he's like, I want solutions, people. Failure is not an option. Like what what can we do uh, in the future? I, I'm because it's just I, there's a great weeping and gnashing of teeth on on the right right now. It just it's so it's the worst, dude. It's the worst, and it seems to me like. In, in the great chess game that is politics, that there is a blue wave. I, I can I can go to a very bleak bleak place, and it it doesn't it's not hard to get there. And that's why I think Ann Coulter was right with he won't get another chance. He'll be impeached. I think there's going to be a blue wave right. in November. Then Trump gets impeached, and then it's over in yeah. 2020. I don't know uh, who our next president will be. Uh, maybe it'll be Kamala Harris. And then it'll be straight up uh, open borders, and it's and like it's game, not. It, and that is game, yeah. Game set and match, and we're not on Google, and we're not on Facebook, and we're not on Twitter, and there's no way, and no one has a, a personality, and no one's invited on uh, the, the TV shows, and I, t- I, and, and to make it even more depressing. The indoctrination machine that the young people go through in our country has blossomed. Not only do they have uh, college kids, now they have uh, they have kids in high school, the organizers of Run for Our Lives, the, the high school kids, this brilliant young generation who actively want to get rid of all the guns. Like, I don't, I'm looking for a glimmer of hope, a path to victory, a way to keep this going. Well, the only, the only way Republicans are going to win in November is if Ruth Bader Ginsburg drops dead tomorrow. That is the only way the right's going to be excited. If she dies before the election, they will go from singing F Trump to we are family in under 30 seconds. But that is literally about it. There's nothing. And I. Well, and I, that's 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 your what Stacy, what, what did you have? What, what, what was well, your thing? Part of the problem is we don't show up and we're not in various places, Facebook, Google, Twitter. They all can kind of say, Um, The other thing, in addition to the political right that Google and Facebook and Twitter are terrified of is blockchain technology, which is what is behind cryptocurrency. And if you follow blockchain technology at all, it is upending literal industries and there are actually companies actively I working. Just, I, I just zoned out. I zoned out so hard. I have no idea what you're talking about. You got to seriously, like, like I'm five. There, blockchain chain technology is an anonymous and distributed technology that's not centrally <laughs> like, controlled. Like I, ask, I ask you to, to explain it to me like I'm five. And yeah. you said the same thing with, like, bigger words and slower. Well, like, I, I'm, I have, uh, seriously, I'm not even kidding. I have no idea what blockchain is. I don't. Do you know what I Bitcoin don't. is? Have, have you heard of Bitcoin? I know, I know Bitcoin's some kind of thing. I know I met uh, a stand-up at Governor's Comedy Club who's, who says he's mining it. I guess there's a way to plug in a supercomputer and, and somehow you can – like, I have zero clue. I have zero clue. I don't know how like Bitcoin works, and I all I know about Bitcoin truly is because a black comic once told me she's like a black female comic was like, yeah, I guess the white man's making sure we can't get equal pay because now they invented their own money. Oh, but Stacy, I think I think you have a very very good point. I I, I just I, I literally I'm trying I I don't Basically, know what blockchain is or any of it. You don't have to understand the technology just to be aware that there are people out there literally looking to upend Google and Facebook and Twitter's entire business model and actually give the payment back to people who access things like ad. They don't want your data. They You never have a Cambridge Analytica again. And they're actively looking to upend those models like Google that take every little bit of information about you or about the videos that Michael Loftus puts out. They don't care. They don't care. It's just pure exchange of information. Okay, will this happen before November? Uh, there's a couple platforms out there now that look pretty good. I got hope. What do they? What do they? What do they do? Um, they push content, but they don't collect your data if you choose to. So when you're on a blog or whatever, and you click the ad, instead of the website getting paid, 
the user through permission marketing gets paid and they're not as concerned about what content that is on because it really doesn't matter as long as people are giving permission to look at what they're offering. Okay. Well, that's great. That's wonderful and much success to those people. Uh, I guess, oh, I'm going to do the thing that I've always despised. I like, uh, someone needs to, and like Ryan, you were talking about, you know, the, the, the fall of Rome and all that stuff. And it's like, I hate to be that guy, but like Rome is burning. Like we are, I don't think people re realize how bad it is. These people who are like Trump's in 2020 and, and there I'm part of the problem. Cause I just gave my little character uh, a Southern <laughs> accent, but it's like, it's, it's bleak. It yeah, is bleak. I mean, you, want... you look around like it's propaganda. It's propaganda. It's propaganda. I just watched Wonder Woman again, and she defiantly confronts the enemy, and she's like, "Love will." She, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, love will always win. Lo like literally, it's in every good movie you see. It's. You can't do it unless you're a team. I just watched Jumanji the other night. There is no, like, the it, the the basic tenets of uh, being an entrepreneur. They've demonized capitalism. They've demonized entrepreneurship. They've, and, like, whenever there is, like, a lone hero, like that uh, security officer in the school who saved everybody uh, by shooting the, the, the shooter, like, those... It, I, I don't know the solution other than like podcasts and my little comedy show and my little YouTube channel and <laughs> for Panther. as long as it lasts. Black yeah. Panther. Yeah. What about Black Panther? That is the movie in Marvel where a nationalist kicked a social justice warrior's ass. <laughs> Think about that. Well, you that's true. It. That's true. <laughs> you saw it. That's yeah, that's a that's a that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. That is a very good point. However, at the end of that movie, at the the big feel good movie, the end credit scene is like I'm going to take this technology and share it with the world. I'm going to share with everyone because only through sharing do you that's that was the the big socialist thing at the end of that. I know it I sound like Alex Jones now. It's all socialism. It's all communism, but it is. And that's the other as long as you don't well, start I mean, talking about fluoride, I, we're fine. I did, I did not see that movie, so I can't comment on the movie. But, I mean, I, that's not necessarily socialism because that is what the guy who, who who discovered that big cure for polio, that's what he did. He gave it away for free because he wanted everyone to have it. So it might be, you know, a very altruistic person. If we want to talk about what real what really can be done on a real micro level is that one. This is the first step, and I'll just point it out. One uh, could – Right after the 2008 Republican primary, Republicans were really in despair. There was a couple of states where – I know, I know this because I was in the movement, but a lot of Ron Paul people took over state parties. Trump people need to start taking over state parties. It's not the easiest thing in the world, the world to do. It's not the hardest thing in the world to do at all. But that is how they can have some control on the institutional level of who is nominated, who runs, and who, has, and who can push and pull people. That's the first thing. The second thing is they're yeah. not they're not falling out of trees, dude. What they're not mean? falling out like good candidates on the right. There Holy are crap. Yeah, there are there are well there listen, there are good candidates on the right. I, I can give you I can name ten right now who are running for office. There are good candidates on the right. The problem is is that um, one, there are sometimes bad elections, and secondly, there are bad consultants. I work as a consultant. I, I can tell you this right now, who, give, who advise people on bad issues. I've tried to explain this so many times to people, and I'll explain on this very, very quickly on the podcast. There is big populism. There are things like the wall. There's things like good trade deals, things like don't go into stupid wars. Really, really, really important issues that most people in Congress have almost no control of. And then there's small populism. That is things like 
decriminalizing marijuana. That is things like right to try. That is things like some attorney leave pro, uh, pro, uh, proposal that Ivanka is pushing. That's some things like ending common core. That they're really, really, really popular. Not maybe with you know the intellectuals on the right. Maybe not with the you know the editorial board at National Review. But they are overwhelmingly popular with Trump supporters and voters as a whole. And those are the small populace that one Congress needs to push from now till November and popularize. Which I was in despair that they weren't doing that after Nancy Pelosi killed right to try. But those are things they need to push on the right that will completely break apart the left. It will break the left's momentum in half. And here's why. Let's say Trump sat there and proposed um, marijuana a de decriminalization. There is no one on the far left, no one in the, in the far left movement who could sit there and embrace that. And at the same time, they don't know how to sit there and deal with it. That will deflate them. If you did right to try and you actually publicize how the left was killing it, you would have independents supporting Republicans on the position and the far left saying, Vote against it because we need to vote, vote against everything with Trump. Common Core, same thing. Maternity leave, same thing. Infrastructure, same thing. Things that the independents and the center and the center and left of center, slightly left of center, sit there and agree on on the issue. But the far left insists that their politicians vote against them time and time and time again. That will break the left's momentum because right now it's it's it's, it's hardcore Democrats and independents. And with dude, in half, dude. In theory, in theory, I think you're absolutely correct. I'm not. It's not just now. Theory. Now, uh, hold on, hold on. I got like, Bill Clinton. I got Bill Clinton on tape saying we need to do something about the border. I got Hillary Clinton on tape saying we gotta do something about the border. I got Barack Obama on tape saying we gotta do something about the border. Right. Then Donald Trump gets elected because he's gonna do something about the border. I'm turning into Chris Rock because I'm repeating myself. Everybody says we gotta do something about the border. And then when push comes to shove, we have the House, we have the Senate, we have the White House, and we don't do it. That's, that's a failure of Donald Trump. That belongs all on Donald Trump's shoulders because he doesn't need Congress to do it. He does need Congress to do it, and he it does is not. insanely popular. And this is the where you get frustrated, and this is where you get the angry conservative. It's like I really do feel like this country is being led around by its nose by a handful of people. I don't know who they are. I, I mean, just listened I to like 15 of them. I just told you like 10 of them who are doing, who are stopping Trump. Trump could sit there, declare it a national security issue and have the CB, the, the Army Corps of Engineers start building the border wall tomorrow. I mean, he could, he doesn't. He doesn't need Congress. Trump could sit there and declare a national security issue for literally almost anything. He wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys both just told me he couldn't do that. No, no, no. I said that he could not use military budget money that was passed in the omnibus. That he can't use that money. But he can he can demand emergency money with an with an Army Corps of Engineers and build it on his own. He can do that. I'm not saying he, did, he, did, he could do with the, the security money, though. That he can't do. But he could have done that, done that the day he was elected. He could literally freeze all immigration tomorrow and say, you know what, until you reduce and give me legal uh, merit-based immigration, no immigrants are coming into the country. He could do that tomorrow. But if he was with a staff that supported him and pushed his ideas, maybe he could do it. But instead, who does he have? He has the Koch brothers and the RNC around him who hate him. Why in the world are the Koch brothers uh, pro-illegal immigration? Because it keeps wages down and they don't give a flying you-know-what about American workers. All they care about is their bottom line. That's just, I mean, this is just the truth. They don't give a flying crap about American workers. Wow. So we have clearly defined the problem in this last hour. <laughs> we have uh, no solutions. I have. You know, I just gave you a ton of solutions. What would kick get get rid of these people, or just like you vote, to, vote you locally? Have start, you have to vote in local elections. You have no. You have to. You have to start getting involved in get controlling the institutions of power. You have to start control these Trump supporters, and there are smart ones, and there are organized ones, and there are good candidates. I'm working for at least a handful of them that I consult personally. Christina Hagen in Ohio, sixteen. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant pro-Trump candidate. She's so freaking smart, and she's running. And if she wins the primary, she'll be in Congress. Um, there are good ones, uh, you know, across the country. Um, 
so, but it's not just about Congress. It's about controlling the institutions of who nominates candidates to run, who pushes candidates to run. The re part of the reason we have PA18 was the Pennsylvania Republican Party decided to have this insane uh, system called a conferee, where nominees were picked by 300 people. And this insane person named Rick Saccone, who had a mustache that died 40 years ago, become the nominee. And he was a horrible candidate, and he couldn't raise any money. But you have to sit there and control those institutions. Same thing with education. We need to start controlling the institutions. And the problem is conservatives are the ones who want to make money and become, you know, businessmen and whatnot. But there are they are out there. And those those the, those methods, those people, the the creative people, the people who want to control and get involved in education, the people who want to get involved in the institutions, whether they be religious or secular or political, they need to actually go in there and start taking them over. Otherwise, we are screwed. But it has to go, you have to start with institutions and someone has to get a hold of Donald Trump somewhere and shake him and say, these people are screwing you. Stop worrying about Jeff Sessions. He has his own problems, but he is not the worst of them. It is it is Mark Short. It's John DeSanto. It's Kirsten Nielsen. It's these people. They are screwing you left and right, and they need to go. And the thing about the Trump administration is someone's fired every six months, so they could get fired. Who knows? Well, we will, uh, we will see what happens. Uh, I remember a long time ago, and I, I talked about it on this on this show, and we'll we'll wrap it up uh, very quickly. That the 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 problem as I see it, and I and I'm I'm a broken record today. I apologize to everybody. Uh, Obama said it a long time ago. Whoever gets the most votes wins. And to me, it's just a straight up old school numbers game. <clears throat> we can be right. We can get better candidates. Uh, however. Unless people get involved and, and start doing something, uh, I'm 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 super pessimistic today. Like I'm su I'm super pessimistic. It looks like the it's like the, the propaganda machine on the left, and, and I know that sounds uh, horrible. <clears throat> I'm I'm deeply deeply concerned about uh, the the grassroots movement on the left. Like they are fired up. And I don't think uh, people on the right just realize it. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We need a Hopefully. candidate says, you get a Valium, and you get a Valium, and you get a Valium, because today was a depressing show. <laughs> I, gotta, I, will, I, will, I will totally uh, uh, turn it around soon. However, it's whatever. It's, I'm, I'm very gloom and doom today. The, the left is fired up. They're registering people like mad, and uh, it seems like everyone who I know and like and respect on the right is busy uh, saying, "Oh, well, that's not a that's not a real conservative. That he's he's that's not true." Well, and culture should shut up. I tell you, here's what's really going on. Here's what's really going on, and no one's thinking about the the big picture. And I'm not asking for people just hey blindly follow. That's that's depressing. You see those people like uh, who just. Blindly, I don't know. I, I hate it. <clears throat> I hate it when I just uh, define the problem. Define the problem. I always want to find solutions. And right now, uh, it's it is bleak. It is bleak. So well, can, I, can I just plug one thing? Where um, there's a yes. conference starting in September that I'm a part of called the American uh, American Priority Conference, and basically what it is is a venue for people on the right who don't fit neatly into uh, the CPAC crowd or the or the National Review crowd, and it's libertarians, it's nationalists, it's populists, it's paleoconservatives, it's thinkers, and it's really trying to find real things that we can break out from this whole purity test of you're not a real conservative, well, you're not a real conservative, and finding issues that we could champion that are winners. And what is this thing called again? The, well, American... the American Priority Conference. It's coming in September, I think, 6th to 8th. It's right before the election. It's tried to mobilize people and talk about issues and um, – yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot of the uh, so I'm do, I'm working on it. I'm doing stuff on it. So uh, where, where is that? It's going to be in Washington D.C. at the old hotel where um, where CPAC used to be held. Uh, the website is AmericanPriority.com. If you want to sit there and see, it. we haven't announced any speakers yet, um, but we are going to in the very near future. But it's um, it's got um, yeah, it's 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 going to be something. If if people if people sign up, the people were asking to sign up to speak, come and speak. 
it should be one of the most intellectual and inter interesting things on the right and trying to get past just the whole conservative purity test because I hate that crap. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this has um, – oh, man, I forget. I wanted a, I had a very, very clever uh, title for this show, but now I've forgotten it because I didn't run it down. Let's whip up some Michaeltopias. We haven't done those in a while. I'm sure Gimlet has one, don't you? I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> that was unexpected because we hadn't done them in a while. I know, I know. That's why I want to bring it back. Michael Topia, the host of the show, doesn't spring things like that on you. <laughs> All right. In, in, oh, I, I just came up with one. Uh, okay, so in the real world, there's a, there's a lot of crazy laws we have to live by. Uh, but in Michael Topia, everything makes sense. Hey, in Michael Topia... If you uh, organize a march for your lives and run for your lives and demand change, you don't start bitching uh, when the government that you've asked to save you makes you use a clear backpack. I love it that this uh, <laughs> this David Hogg kid is pissed that he has to use a clear – he's like, help me, government. Help me, government. Find a solution, government. And government's like, use a clear backpack. He's like, but I don't want to. <laughs> Sorry, little pug-nosed piece I of junk. I think, the, I think the organizers and participants are the only ones that should have to wear the clear backpack. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I, I think that I think um, that if you're going to protest anything, you need to clean up the streets afterwards because they leave, especially the protests on the left, leave so much shit behind on the streets, just signs and posters. Um, and I think before anyone goes on TV to discuss the news, they should have to reveal their IQ test. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm sure Gimlet, you got one. Yeah, I'm or that still, was your, uh, yeah. that was your microtopia that I shouldn't spring it on you. Okay, my last. <laughs> That's the best my last, I got. In uh, in Michaeltopia, and everybody who enjoys a, a good video game uh, plays Near Automata. It's a it's an awesome game. I just discovered it. It came out in 2017. My review is at theloftestparty.com. It's so much fun. Uh, it, you've got everything. Hot anime chicks with swords. You've got robots. You've got fighting for survival in this uh, crazy robot future Earth. You've got – it's a top-down shooter. It's a side-scroller like Mario Brothers, and it's an old-school uh, third-person shooter. It's the music is great. The artwork is great. The story is great. I don't know how this game slipped by me, but man, I'm into it now. So check out my review at theloftestparty.com. Ryan, uh, thank you for being on the show. You Thanks. helped. Sorry, I shoot everyone's ear off for a little too long. No, you, you. This is what I love about you. You get up on the soapbox. You go, go, go. Yeah. You're still do. You're doing stand up. That's fantastic. God bless you. Still writing and doing everything. And you could actually, if you love politics, you want to know what something on the inside happened. Go on the Washington Examiner. I wrote an article of how um, Pennsylvania 18 went so bad from the get go, and how we nominated a very bad candidate, and what goes on on the inside. It was a very interesting article. And Colton should actually tweeted it out. I should I should put that on the theloftestparty.com. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to share articles like this. I want to share cool stuff that people are doing, video games, movies, pop culture, politics. Uh, we had a crazy show today. It, it is what it is, you guys. This thing is a work in progress. We're figuring it out as we go along. There will be more comedy next week. God Michael, bless you. Michael, Michael, bring butt stuff back next week. You know what? I will. I will. There will be more. There will be. There will be uh, spankings. There will be uh, butt stuff, and there will be. We some, need like a conservative uh, Howard Stern show of the '90s where we just do insane shit like that all the time. That is what I want to do. Yeah. That is what I want to do. So that's my promise to you, America. <laughs> more butt stuff next week. <laughs> I'll see you later.